Welcome to the Gas Street Podcast. Our vision as a church is to be light for the city. We really hope you enjoy this message. Awesome. Hey, how are you doing this morning, Gastry? Are you doing well? Listen, it's okay to make some noise. Can we just clap just for, just for four seconds? Come on. Uh, so good. It is so good to be back um, in the room. My name's Tabo. If we haven't met already, I'm looking forward to meeting you all um, in the weeks and months to come. How good is it to be together again, hey? And uh, I'm just, I'm loving the sense of faith in the house. And a happy Easter, come on. And, and what a day we're celebrating today. And you know, I'm just believing that God is gonna really speak to us today and encourage us and remind us of the power of the resurrection. And I don't know if there's been some dead things in your life, uh, I guess in the last 12 months, gosh. But I'm just believing today that something will rise within each and every single one of us as we come to the, just to remember how good God is. Shout out if you're on YouTube this morning or if you're on online. And uh, we're so glad that you're with us. And whoever you are today, uh, you know, whether you've been a Christian for a minute or, you know, forever, you know, there's always something fresh out of God's Word, isn't there? And I'm just believing today that there would just be a freshness as you as you get ready to, to encounter God. And uh, are you excited about that? Come on. Well, let's read a few scriptures from uh, the first book, um, the first letter of Peter. And, you know, we've, we've been having this series um, and we've been listening, you know, we've been, we've been learning about who Jesus is through, through the eyes of Peter. And I want to just read just a few verses here um, from the first chapter of uh, this first letter that he writes. And then we'll get this party started. Is that good? Okay. Come on. <laughs> Here's what he says. This letter is from Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. I'm writing to God's chosen people who were living as foreigners in the provinces of Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, or Bithynia. God the Father knew you and chose you long ago, and His Spirit has made you holy. As a result, you have obeyed Him and have been cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. May God give you more and more grace and peace. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by His great mercy that we have been born again because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Come on, that was worth at least a golf clap. Come on, come on. I'm going to get you working today. You think it's just me who's working up here. Come on. (laughs) Now we live with great expectation and we have a priceless inheritance, an inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. And through your faith, God is protecting you by His power until you receive the salvation, which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see. So be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. These trials will show you that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than than gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honour on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. You love Him, though you have never seen Him. 
Though you do not see Him now, you trust Him and you rejoice with a glorious, inexpressible joy. The reward for trusting Him will be the salvation of your souls. There's so much in there. Gosh, I wish we had all day to unpack this, but Tim has graciously only given me two and a half hours, not three. But, um, but I'd love to just share a few thoughts um, this morning. Just let me just zero in on that verse, just verse three quickly. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by His great mercy that we have been born again because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. And because of this, I wanna share a few moments from the thought, everything has changed. Everything has changed. And this is our prayer today, that there would be a, a, a realization a recognition and for some of us that may have forgotten that we would remember that because of the resurrection of Jesus today, everything has indeed changed. Let's pray together. Father, we thank You this morning for Your Word. We thank You, Jesus, that, oh, You are here today. Father, we pray today that as Your Word goes out, God, that it would land on good soil. That God, those of us whose hearts have been hardened by this season, that God, Your Word would cause hearts to soften today. That God, Your Word would would get into the areas in our hearts that perhaps nothing else can can get into. God, I pray that Your Word would stir up faith this morning online, on YouTube, in the room. I pray, God, that Your Word establishes what it sets out to establish. We love You this morning. In Jesus' name. And someone with faith said, oh man. Thank you, Sam. Can we give it up for Sam? Come on, who's awesome. Everything has changed. This is what they're saying. And I think that we can all come to some agreement today that, that, you know, given all that we have experienced and Tim's touched on some of that this morning already, everything has indeed changed. This, or, or they rather, in, in this case, being a one Professor Lewis Dartnell, who uh, is a, a professor at the University of Westminster and also the author of the book, The Knowledge, How to Rebuild Our World from Scratch. He suggests that this pandemic, literally everything that we have faced this entire year will certainly change the world. International lockdown measures and the suspension of civic and commercial activity across entire nations and countries have thrust up a mirror on how economic, political, and social um, sort of uh, systems operate and have forced the conversation on how they might need to change going forward. And I don't know where you're at with this, but you know, this last year has caused me to to consider much of what I take for granted, Uh, just-in-time deliveries. Come on, who's thankful for Amazon in the last sort of year or so? Thankful for DPD, DHL, actually not DPD because they can never find my address. So I've got an attitude about that. Um, But I'm thankful for just-in-time deliveries to supermarkets, to what truly matters most to, to what we value this entire year have, have caused us to really consider the aftermath of this year. We'll see a myriad of changes from personal adjustments to, to global shifts. It's mind-blowing. Lockdown shook the system. 
whether it made us feel lonely or anxious or driven or distracted by our families, you know, shout out to the parents, you know, kids running up and down, tearing up the house. Uh, whatever the case may be, we've, 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 we've all had to make personal adjustments in our lives, big and small, and not to mention the murder of George Floyd in the last year, which, which has sparked up conversations around racism and has caused us all to to dig deep and have some, some tough conversations. But you know, while physically distanced, uh, the internet and social media have allowed us to reach into each other's homes over the last few weeks and months. And you know, it's allowed us to, to, to pick up hobbies that we probably never else, never else, never had the time to, to do. So any bakers in the house, anybody become a baker in the, last, in the last year? I've enjoyed many cakes. Who are my sweet tooth friends? Do I have any sweet tooth friends online in the room? Come on, let's have some donuts one of these days at medicine. I'd, I'd love that. <laughs> But, you know, I'm sure you'll know that while being enormously disruptive, crises and setbacks have a way of inspiring a purpose, solidarity, creativity, improvisation, and yes, hope. And perhaps this is the spirit of, of Peter's words in his letter in this letter to, to Galatia, to Pontus, to Cappadocia, to Asia, to Bithynia, to Birmingham or, or wherever this finds you this morning, that, the, that in the uncertainty, in the unfamiliarity, the unknown of the season, that you and I find ourselves in the many changes and challenges around us, that there is still hope today. That the significance of this day that we are celebrating is that through the resurrection of Jesus, there is a living hope, not a hope that merely was, but a hope that was, that is, and is to come that sustains us and gives us strength. Is anybody thankful here today for a hope that gives us strength? Peter, he if anybody had the authority, if anybody could vouch for this hope, it was, it was Peter. You know, we've heard some great teaching, as I've already said, over the last few weeks from Hazel, Dr. Drake, and Tim Muller, you know, about who Jesus is. Please go back and listen. But Peter, Peter was the rock. Woo! You know, Peter was, he was a pillar in the church. Peter was the guy, fisherman by trade. Jesus gets a hold of him and he becomes a powerful preacher and an orator of the Word of God. He becomes a bold leader. And, you know, he writes this letter around 64, 65 to 68 AD, you know, around 30 years after Jesus has ascended into heaven. And he writes this letter as somebody who walked closely with Jesus. He, he was a witness. He saw all the action for himself. And he writes to these Christians who were living as foreigners, living as foreigners in what would now be modern day Turkey. And you know, these guys, they were living where they were not supposed to be. They were experiencing some discomfort, nothing crazy, you know, but just life. Anybody just experienced just life, you know, in the last, in the last few weeks? I, I certainly have nothing, nothing crazy. You know, they're living with the complexities perhaps that come with, with being a disciple and a follower of Jesus in a culture that we've, you know, in a culture much like we found ourselves in today. And I can relate to that. Perhaps they had reached a point in their existence, uh, in their unfamiliar season, whereby the joy of the resurrection uh, of Jesus um, was the last thing on their mind. And, and maybe for you this morning, you know, it's Easter Sunday. There's, there's joy in the house. There's, 
There's celebration in the house. You know, we're singing, you know, you pick me up. You turn me around you. You place my feet on solid ground. You healed my heart. You changed my name. But maybe that's, that, that isn't your reality today. Maybe in your home or in your marriage or in your business or at school, at university, maybe, maybe there are tensions and, 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 and God perhaps hasn't healed your heart. You're still hurting. You're still bitter. You're still, you're still just, just, just a wreck. And maybe for you, it's, it's, it's still tense. And you know, this joy that we're singing about is nothing but a distant memory. And Peter recognizing this, he writes to them to shoot some hope into their bones. Oh, that you would have some hope shot into your bones this morning that you would know the presence of God. That as I'm speaking to morning, if, this morning, if you're sick in your body, you would experience the healing touch of heaven, that you would, that you would believe once again. I mean, can you imagine how those close to Jesus felt two days prior when they spat on Him, when they ridiculed Him, when they drove that, that crown of thorns into his skull, when they heard him utter those, those last words, Eli, Eli, lema shebakhtani, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Can you, can you imagine the hopelessness that shot through their bones? But what about the hopelessness that you've been feeling as a result of what may have died in the previous season? The plans, the hopes, the dreams, the disappointment, the expectations that haven't been met, the precious moments with, with family that this pandemic has robbed us of the good news for us today, the reason to celebrate for us today, for you online today, is that, is that there is a living hope. There is a strong hope. There is a durable hope today. This hope keeps us alive. It quickens us, it, it invigorates us, it stirs our soul to action, to patience, to fortitude. His name is Jesus today. And, 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 and if you're feeling unsafe, there is, this, this is a safe place for you. He's our refuge, He's our safe place. His resurrection is the foundation of our hope. Let that shoot some hope into your bones. Let that inspire you. Let that cause you to wake up. Let that cause you to get your hands out of your pockets while we're worshiping. Let that cause you to lift up a shout of praise and lift your hands in worship. And I know it's, I know it's difficult. You know, we, we've come into this atmosphere once again and, and you know, we're together again. Like, what do we do? Do we, do we sing? Do we, you know, let, let the joy, let the hope that is found in this day cause us to go wild in praise. To go wild in our worship, verse four, now we live with great expectation, says Peter, and we have a priceless inheritance, an inheritance that is kept in heaven, um, pure and undefiled beyond the reach of change and declare. You know, Peter uses the notion and the language of an, of, of, of an inheritance to describe their new life because perhaps as nomads, you know, they would have lost out on the inheritances uh, to, to which they were born to. And so to fix this grievance, Peter says, hey, hey, because of this resurrection, you are newborn into a new inheritance far better 
than what you have lost. And, and if I may step into Peter's shoes this morning for a moment and encourage somebody that though you may have lost something in the previous season, it pales in comparison to what there is to gain. For I will restore the years, says the Lord, that the locusts have eaten. This inheritance is the promise of eternal life, Hebrews 9.15. It is not our purchase, but it is our Father's gift. Not wages that you and I can merit. You can't do anything. You can't earn this. Quit trying, quit trying to earn this love. Quit trying to, 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 to get the attention of God. You already have it. He loves us. He loves us this much. Oh, this inheritance is pure and undefiled. It's beyond the reach of change and decay. And through your faith, God is protecting you by His power until you receive the salvation which is ready to be revealed. In other words, though there is an inheritance, I understand that you are still on this earth. <laughs> there are still some pulls, some temptations, some struggles in this world. Therefore, through your faith, I will protect you. God loves us this much that though we might have difficult things to figure out in this world, we will not be overcome by those things. That which is difficult in your life this morning, let me talk to some of the guys. Are there any men in the room? Come on, just let me know are there any men in the room this morning. Listen, that which is before you guys, and I, and I, I just I single out the men because I know sometimes, you know, we, we just like to be in control and we like our things in order. But that which is before you, let me tell you right now, in fact, everybody, you will not be overcome by those things. Our God is greater. Our God is stronger. Our God is all powerful. His name still carries power. I dare you to mention the name of Jesus over that situation. I dare you to get down on your knees in your quiet time and cry out to God. Let me prophesy today that there is, there is, there is a new hunger that is gonna be stirring, stirring across, across our city, across, across the nation for Jesus because we need the Lord in these days. We need the presence of God. Oh, that's our prayer, that you would know the presence of God, that joy would return to you. Even in this moment today, that, that there would be a return of, of joy in the Spirit of God. Woo! <laughs> oh, come on, if someone claps, let's all clap. Come on, let's all clap. Man, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna praise in a moment when Luke and the crew come back up and and we're gonna we're gonna turn this place upside down. No, no, we have to. No, we have to. We we can't just be too chilled, you know. I'm too chill. I'll flip this place upside down and pray. Yo, get up, get up, get up, get up out of that grave. Get up, get up. That's a good song, isn't it? Some of you didn't get into it though. I was watching you all. So. Not quite yet, not quite yet. You guys hang tight, hang tight. Look, they're excited already. Can, can, <laughs> I haven't even given you any practicals. Let me do that. <laughs> God loves us this much. Jesus said to his disciples, here on earth you'll have many trials and sorrows, but take heart, I have overcome the world. What then is our response? I know this is what you're waiting for. You're waiting for the practicals. This sounds great, but what should I do? <laughs> 
Here's the first thing, if you're taking notes, I forgot to say that if you're taking notes, it's important to take notes, okay? Maybe on your phone or something, get an expensive notebook, you know, I always encourage that from Paper Chase when it opens up. Here's the first thing, let's rejoice. Let's rejoice. Here's what Peter says in verse six. He says, be truly glad there is wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. Listen to me, no obstacle occurs without opportunity. Quit getting stressed and mulling over what the obstacle is and start to concern yourself with what the opportunity might be. What is God, what is the advantage that God is trying to show me in this adversity? What is it? Rejoicing is more than an inward serenity feeling of discomfort. It reveals itself in our conduct, but especially in our praise and in our worship because the joy of a Christian arises from a heavenly perspective. For we live by faith and not by. That is where our, that is where our joy comes from. It comes from our gaze being, being fixed on the things of God. I lift my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? It comes from the living God. That is where the joy of a, of a Christian comes from. It arises from our true treasure. The things of this world aren't our true treasures. That's why we can't be too precious about, you know, stuff. You know, it's expensive. Sorry, Luke. <laughs> we, can't, we can't be too precious about our stuff. <laughs> our joy comes when we lift our eyes. I don't know who needs to hear this this morning, but lift your eyes. Stop looking down, look up. Look up, look to Jesus. He's our true treasure. That's where our joy comes from. Oh, I'm too excited. It's just the Word of God, you know. It just gets me excited. <laughs> you know, it's what sets us apart as followers of Jesus. It's that we find, re we, it's that, this is so good. It's that we find reasons to rejoice sometimes in the midst of heaviness. So when things are heavy, what sets us apart is that we find reasons to rejoice. That's, that's our vibe. <laughs> and you know, our colleagues and our friends are confused at times by the bounce in our step and the smile in our faces, even though the odds are against you. That is because we understand, Paul, understand Paul's words to the Corinthian church when he said, our present troubles are small and won't last very long. This, this is good for somebody perhaps in here this morning. Yet they produce a glory that vastly outweighs them. It will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen for the things we see now will, will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. It's okay that you're shaken. It's okay. Sometimes it's necessary because that which shakes us is light. It's temporary, but, but the glory that is being produced, the story that is being produced, the testimony that is coming out of COVID, that is what is gonna last forever. So in the meantime, do me a favor and rejoice. Come on, 16 seconds, come on. 15, 14, 13, yeah, 12. 11, 10, 9, come on, until you begin to believe it. 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, come on YouTube, I'm watching you. 
Yeah, rejoice. Come on. Here's the second thing. What is our response? Ready your faith. Paul, uh, Peter says this, these trials, excuse me, <laughs> will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. But your faith is far more precious than gold. Here's the thing about the tests of life. They prove, they strengthen, and they display the preciousness of your faith. Your faith is precious. It's precious. There's a greater demand on our faith because our Christianity depends on it. And Peter knows this better than anyone because Jesus said to him, I, I have prayed for you, Peter, that your faith may not fail. Paul puts it like this in, in Ephesians 6 when he's talking about the armor of God. He says, with everything else, you know, the, the breastplate of righteousness, the, the shoes of peace, the helmet of salvation. Paul says to put it on, but when it comes to, to the shield of faith, his language changes. He says to hold it up. He says, another translation says, take up the shield. What does that say to me when it comes to the shield of faith? It says that this is, not, this is something that, I, that I've got to hold up. For, for it's not enough to merely strap it onto your forearm. It must be raised up in order to deflect the fiery, the, the, uh, the fiery arrows of the enemy because there have been some arrows in the last year. Listen, I've, I've had some arrows in the last year. I've had some arrows of doubt in the last few years, last few months. I've had some arrows of uncertainty where, where I didn't even know that I would be before you today preaching the gospel. Perhaps that's a story for another day, but, but I was done. But I sensed the Spirit of God say, no, Tabs, listen, ready your faith. And I don't know who, who needs to, to ready their faith this morning, but I've come just, just to encourage you, hey, hey, pick up the shield. Because maybe it's, it's been dragging on the floor. It's been a while since you've prayed and I wanna encourage you today as the band come up and as I wrap up to ready your faith. Ready your faith in this season. That's what God, that's what God is looking for. Gold, listen, is purified by fire. The hotter the fire, guess what? The more precious the gold. And what does Peter say about our faith? It's more precious than gold. So um, clearly the fires that you and I have been feeling are, mm, let me think, pretty good for us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they are. Because they are producing something in you. There are some mothers in the room and online that have, you know, it's been hectic with the kids. Ah, you know, homeschool and, you know, it's just ah, it's crazy. <laughs> But look at what God is producing. A, a story. Oh, gosh, I'm about to get excited about this. There is production happening every day. When you leave this room, production. Our God, the master producer, is just busy, just, just producing. Faith. Let me give you the last one and then we'll wrap this up. On Resurrection Sunday, here's something you can do for me and perhaps for you. Either for the first time or, or perhaps once again, can I implore you today to put your trust in Jesus. Place 
your trust in Jesus. By faith today, we trust in the finished work of Jesus on the cross. We recognise His work as an expression of God's love for us. And in response to His love, we, we love Him back. So we not only live by faith, but we love by faith. And where there is a combination of both faith and love at work, it produces an inexpressible joy. A joy that cannot be described by words. The, the salvation Peter says the reward for trusting Him will be the salvation of your souls. The salvation of our souls is our reward. It's, it's our crown for God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whosoever, keyword, whosoever, old, Young, doctor, teacher, single mother, student, broke, wealthy, whosoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. What they didn't realize when they put Jesus to death on the cross was that it was also the death of death. Because Jesus took death down into the grave and He left it there, let me guess, for a week? For a, for a couple of years? He left it there for all, of, for all of eternity. My friend, that means for you and I that that was the death of sin's control over us. It was the death of the shame that you feel as a result of that sin. It was the death of the guilt that you carry around with you. It was, it was the death of that. It was a price that I should have paid, that we should have paid. It was a price that I deserved to pay. But because of His love, Jesus settled the bill. Woo! He took my place. He took your place today so that you and I might not die, but rather that we might live. So my question this morning is death, where is your victory? Where is, where is your, your sting? Make no mistake about it today, people. Jesus is alive. I came to announce this morning that Jesus is alive. He is not dead, but He is alive. So yes, get up. Get up out of that grave. Get up out of that grave of fear. That grave of unbelief. That grave of self-sufficiency and place your trust in Jesus this morning. Because of the resurrection, everything has changed. Every eye closed, every head bowed. Perhaps you're in this room today. Perhaps you're online and man, you, it's, it's been a while since you've said a word to Jesus. For whatever reason, 
You've been away, but today you recognize and you realize that, oh, it's Easter Sunday. I better, I better get back. Whether, wherever you are today, I, I want to say a simple prayer. And this prayer just brings you back into the heart of God. Bible says that those who call upon His name shall be saved. There is eternal life for you. It doesn't matter what you've done. He's canceled the sin in your life. That's why we're celebrating today. I'm gonna say a prayer of love. Everyone's gonna help us say this prayer so that you don't feel alone. Let's do this as a family, as a community. Come on, help me out. Dear Jesus, come on, dear Jesus, thank you for your word. Thank you that you love me, that you died for me. And today, I choose you. I choose life. Come into my heart. Change me. Mold me. I want to be like you. Sorry for my sin. Sorry for running away. But today, I run to you. In Jesus' name. Come on, every eye closed, every head bowed. If that's you, maybe you're in the room and you prayed that prayer. You're coming back to Jesus. You've been away. At the count of three, I want you to shoot your hand in the air. And I just want to pray for you specifically. I want to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you out. You know, we can't do that. But I just want to pray for those today and who are coming back to Jesus. Maybe for the first time or, 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 or you're coming back. Just quickly, if you're, on the, if you're on the chat, raise a hand if you're online. If you're on YouTube, please as well. Just let us know. You can also drop us an email. Hello at gastrine.church. I think that's the email address. Let us know who you are and, and would love to pray for you. If that's you in the room, just lift your hand quickly if that's you. No one's looking around. Awesome. Thank you, sir. Is anyone else you in the room? You want to come back to Jesus today? You're making a fresh declaration of who Jesus is. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, if you're online. Father, I thank you today for every person making a decision, coming back to you. Thank you for this gentleman to my right, Lord God, who's coming back to you. And I pray, God, that you would reveal yourself in a fresh way to us today, in a fresh way to us. Let us know you. Let us know your heart. Fill us today with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come on, stand to your feet. Come on. Thank you, Lord. If you're comfortable, would you raise your hands? Let me just pray for you this morning. Yeah, Father, I thank you for these incredible people today. Father, I thank you today that you're awakening something in us. That God, this resurrection would remind us again of your power. Father, some of us today are coming out of some stuff. We're coming out of anxious thoughts. We're coming out of suicidal thoughts. Some of us have been contemplating the worst. But in the name of Jesus today, I speak against that evil spirit. And we call you out of that grave today. In Jesus' name, we say, get up. Come on, Lucas. We say, get up out of that grave. Thanks for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out. If you want to find out more, visit our website, gastric.org, or follow us on Instagram at Gastric Church.